0: Where laughter was king on the edge of space Ludicrous speed, go! We get together, have a few laughs Masters of the Universe Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast I am one of your hosts, the host to the left, Ron Avis
1: and I am your host to the north, Adam Peterson.
0: Hey, did I tell you that I was the rental king?
1: You just did.
0: Did I let you know that I also Just drink? right now. Right
1: now.
0: Do you? I do. Because
1: that's such a coincidence because I know things. <laughs> and by our powers combined.
0: <laughs> we form Peter Dinklage. That's what exactly. <laughs> Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Our two... Uh, rather, 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 uh, uh, sizable bodies uh, equal one. Yes. dwarf-like Peter Dinklage, a wee little fella, <laughs> <laughs> just
1: uh, a but, wee little
0: fella. But, but but yeah, welcome back everybody to the show. Um, we have a, a fun one for you. We have somewhat of a crazy. I don't even know. Like I, I have an idea of what to call this episode, but it it is at its heart, at its true core. At its nucleus, if you will, a feature, not not a feature presentation, sorry. This is a coming attraction. A coming attraction. It's a coming attraction, and it is good old, tell, tell them what it is, Lil John. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you haven't seen that? That's what we got for everybody. You haven't time seen that? Yeah, what? You haven't seen that? So we got a couple of movies for you people we're going to talk about Adam. Can you, can you bring everybody up to speed? Who's not familiar with what the, what you haven't seen that topic is.
1: I certainly can. You see Ron and I, we watch a good amount of movies and there, there have, there have been days in my life where I have watched double digit movies in one day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we, we watch a lot of films last year, the year 2019, I watched 126 theatrically released movies. So we watch a lot of movies. Probably, yes. I would venture to say more so than the average movie watcher.
0: More than the average bear. Yes, but
1: that doesn't mean we've seen every movie. Mm. And so we, it happens. It, it happens undoubtedly to you the same way it happens to me. Where people are like, "Hey, did you see fill in the blank?" And we're like, "Oh no, I never saw." it. What? What? You haven't seen that movie? Oh, my (laughs) gosh. You watch movies all the time? I was like, yes. But there are a lot of movies. I was like, and I've seen, and I could rattle off probably a hundred that you've never even heard
0: of. Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: But, so, we like to take a, we make a concerted effort- to seek out movies that we feel like we should have, we should see, or we should have seen, or maybe we even, you know, have some recollection of, I think I watched this once upon a time, but I don't really remember it. Right. So I right. think it's one I should go. I, I've watched it in bits and pieces. I need to sit down and watch the whole thing because I just
0: need to. And so I like that you put but, it that way because my my choice is one of those movies.
1: Yeah. It's one of those like, okay, I know at some point I actually did sit down and watch it. But if you wanted to really talk about this movie, I couldn't speak intelligently on it because it's probably been 20 plus years since I've really watched it. So, you know, and even even the iconic ones, it's, you know, I I, like for me personally, I didn't watch Top Gun until I was an adult. It was when I was like, so many people have... It was like, oh, Top Gun, such an awesome movie. Right, and they have those memories of like I watched it when I was twelve, and we watched it every single afternoon all <laughs> summer long.
0: I was one of those kids back in like 1987 seven exactly. or whatever that came out on video.
1: But it was one of those like that. That's one of those like I just it passed me by in that era, and I didn't. I I had to go back and make a concerted effort. Like, okay, I'm going to get this movie. I'm going to watch this movie. And I enjoy it. It's when I was like, I wish I had some of those 12-year-old boy, like, ah, oh, those kind of memories. But <laughs> yes. I didn't watch it until I was in my 30s. And so right. it just happened. It did so. mean
0: a lot more when you were a 12-year-old boy watching time: Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I had to cop to the fact recently that I'd never sat down and watched <laughs> the entire film Heat. <laughs> Heat? <laughs> yeah. Like six years ago. I mean, the, this is a movie that as, as a dude, I mean, forget about just as a cinema lover, Just as a dude, I should have. I I you would think I would have seen that movie twenty times. Just as a dude,
1: as (laughs) As a a dude dude who doesn't even
0: like watching movies, just I've seen it twenty times. It's uh, some
1: some of those because I I still haven't I still haven't sat down and watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and it's when I was like I know that it will be good yes, Uh,
0: but there's times uh, you should pop that in sometime as as one of your choices because I wouldn't watch watching. I should. I should, because it's, it's a good movie. And honestly,
1: not too long ago, I rewatched the original, because, like, you know what? Mm. I haven't seen the original Blade Runner in a while, so let me, mm-hmm. I need a little, you know, Harrison Ford, Rutger Hauer. Let me get some of that going. And then, because I, I thought about, it, like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. It's like, nah, I just spent, like, three hours watching the first Blade Runner. I don't have another three hours. I don't so have another three
0: hours. More Blade Runner. It's like, yeah
1: I can, I mean, I can sit for six hours and watch movies. I've done it before. I watched yeah. four Captain America movies in one day, but... uh
0: are you gonna go see the Denis Villeneuve Dune remake when that comes out? Uh, is that on your? Is that in your purview of of like Dune? Is that now I'll be honest, another movie I haven't seen all the way through. It could I've, be a I've potential future topic. The original Dune.
1: Yeah, I've not seen. Maybe I, we need to do a Dune episode. We maybe should because because I like I like most of what Denis Villeneuve mm-hmm. has put out. I love. I the actually rival. watched. Fantastic I watched a YouTube video on how to say his name one time because I was like, "How do you say his name? It's not Dennis." Like, there was a French girl who's like, "Denis Villeneuve. Denis like, oh, Velenius, yeah. such a
0: pretentious. Oh my god, it's so fucking French. <laughs> You're so French, man. Stop it's just being so ripping with French toast. Stop like being syrup. French. Mm. powdered toast, sugar. Wait, no, powdered toast, man. Powdered um, toast, man, man cling tenaciously <laughs> to my buttocks. <laughs>
1: Enemy wasn't, I mean, was not. Hey, and I everybody, love Jake welcome Channel.
0: to the Ren and Stimpy podcast hour. You exactly. have once again stumbled upon our You've hidden, s- buried. This is what we were doing all along. <laughs> We've just been waiting for this moment. Hey, no, all seriously, I would be down for a Ren and Stimpy podcast. <laughs> oh, I'd be
1: down for a Ren and Stimpy movie. <laughs> yeah. I wish that, like, get uh, Billy. Um,
0: <sighs> Billy West. Billy West, yeah. Get Billy West back in there. Well, you know, the original, the original voice of Ren actually liked his, well, the the guy who got in some trouble for dating an underage girl or something. I don't know. Like the the original creator, he did the voice of Ren Hoek for the first couple, like one and a half seasons or something. Uh, And then, and then he got into some issues, some trouble. Well, actually, I don't think he got into trouble until recently, but he did, he did get forced out of the show. And then they had Billy West come in because Billy West always did Stimpy. But yeah. they had him do Ren and Stimpy for, you know, the next couple of seasons. It was, it was, I mean,
1: where it showed up in the public lexicon uh, on Nickelodeon, on mm-hmm. uh, in the SNCC lineup. SNCC. Saturday Night Nick. It was, it was when I was like, when I go back and I look at that, I'm like, okay, this is like pre-adult swim era. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, there's, it's not like it was overtly. You know, I mean, there's. I think some of the lost episode stuff is a little bit racier than what they put on TV. Yeah. But it was just it, like when you compare it to like what was there. I mean, are you afraid of the dark? All that. Um, I forget uh, the secret world of Alex Mack. I think was on there at one point. But, all I that. Mean, all they're they're all kids shows. Yeah. And this was animated, but it's like there was just always kind of an edge to it. There was totally. Like, Like This
0: is a little bit, like this borderline as it stands. Welcome to late 90s Nickelodeon podcast. (laughs) Late 90s Nickelodeon. Mid to late 90s Nickelodeon coming your way. (laughs) What? You haven't seen Ren and Stimpy? See, this is what we'll have to do a BitGeek podcast and have you as a guest. We'll do like a Nickelodeon 90s episode for sure. I would
1: be totally down for that because I I know you would be, sir. I know you would. Let's get back to the topic
0: at hand because we go off on tangents. We do. And we've been waiting to do this episode for a while succulent tangents we have Tasty we bites. and we've been joking and sending messages back and forth to us like when are we going to get when are we going to do this this
1: one's overdue this one's overdue
0: this topic has been pushed for like a month probably
1: and there like for my pick there's some things we can talk about <laughs> but I, I would, oh, we're I would starting rather... with your pick. Yeah. Yeah. We're starting with that. Cause we got some things we got to get out of the way.
0: <laughs> I have to get it. It's like therapy, man. I got to lay down on the couch and talk about I, this. I now. gotta,
1: I just gotta, I gotta get this out of my head. I gotta, I gotta talk about this.
0: Let's, let's reveal the movies. Okay. All right. People are now, people now know the premise of, of the topic. For those yes. of you who haven't been with us from the start, they're tantalized. It's just an excuse for us to, to plow through our back catalog of movies we've never seen. Yes that are quote-unquote classics. And uh, so from, for you, uh, what, what was your pick?
1: I selected Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. From 1969.
0: 1969, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. You know what I love? I love it when one of us has a pick because we'll we'll share with each other what our pick's going to be, so we can have an opportunity to rewatch the film and and get up to speed with it, so that we can just not sit there and be silent and boring. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I feel like there were a couple of one of a couple of our first shots at this topic you'd picked movies that i didn't watch and haven't seen and i'm just like because because they're really
1: really old movies that aren't
0: just like out there they're like yeah "Yeah, oh yeah the man who shot liberty valance that old chestnut (laughs) well from now on i'm gonna make an attempt to watch anything that you know, we pick, and I think you have. Been yes, doing that I have. Too. Yeah, I've been doing that as well. But with, oh, Butch Cass- with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, this is just one of those serendipitous moments where, like, I too have never seen that movie. Yeah. So I was very, I was, I was pleased as Punch to, to look that up. You, you can actually watch it on Amazon Prime Stars if you have that, which I do. Or you can come over to my house because I have it on blue. <laughs> or you could you could just call up Adam, and, yep. and he can he'll we'll we'll will post his address. Uh, we yes. won't we're not going to screen it. Don't worry. Uh, please please don't murder my my co-host of the North. Yeah,
1: I would really I would really appreciate it. <laughs> he is to a dad. He's a murdered. rad dad. Yeah.
0: So You know, if you're going to take someone out, try not to take out my co-host. My yeah. Dad. Uh, but Butch Cassidy, and the Sundance kid from 1969, just you know, one of those classic films that a lot of people uh, reference. In 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 Heroes of Hours, modern modern film stars will often uh, cite this movie as some of their favorite movies. Oh yeah, this, this is this is a big film from the 60s, uh, starring two mega stars from that time, Paul Newman yep. and Robert Redford, uh, also co-starring Catherine Ross. Um, and it even appear, it has a couple of appearances from, uh, who, who, who was the guy, um, uh, who, the card game, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, Sam Elliott, you got Sam Elliott. Is this his debut feature film? Or? I think, I think it was. Yeah. And you also have a scene with Cloris Leachman. Um, yes. But, but can you, can you, um, uh, let, us just talk about the premise of the movie and I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you do that since this was your pick.
1: Well, so um, I, I didn't. I didn't realize going into it that it is. It's based on these were actual guys, you know. Uh, there's there's some of those those old west guys, you know, Billy the Kid, Wyatt Earp, um, things like that that people have heard of. I I was not. I, I thought this was just a Hollywood western that they had made because mm-hmm. I knew it was a western, and I've never been huge on westerns. But uh, it was when I was like, oh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's one of those movies that like. People talk about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid like that's mm-hmm. that's a that's just one of those like oh it's just a and it is it's Robert Redford it's Paul Newman I mean those yeah. are two huge guys yeah and so it was like no but this is based on actual historical events it's like oh okay well that's you know that I don't have that background so as I'm watching I'm kind of I'm I'm trying to kind of simultaneously read up on who these guys are
0: and what's it was going like on. the '60s version of of Young Guns. Yeah, you know, like we, you know, everybody knows of Billy the Kid. Yeah, <clears throat> but I, I'm with you. Like I, I didn't really know. I, I, I you know, if you if you would have put a gun to my head and said, "Are these based off of real people?" I probably would have just said yes, because you know, they're from this period of time. It's based in the the early 1900s. Well, not in the early 1900s. I think it was 1900. Like you know, not. It's the. What is the, you know what I'm trying to say? (laughs) The turn of the century? Yeah, it's it's before the turn of the century. 1900s, meaning like 1901, 1902.
1: Yeah, Yeah. very, very early on in the 20th century. God,
0: I just brought, what did I do? (laughs) Time. I was was trying to clarify something and just made it so messy. (laughs) It takes place in,
1: in time. There is a time when this movie takes
0: place in real time. Yes, yes, but no. The movie is set in like the the, the old west, basically. The you old know. west, post post gold rush type, you know, or yes. or right around the gold rush. Maybe I'm not sure when the gold rush actually began. History but, is not one of those things I'm great on. Yeah, <laughs> neither am I. Neither am I. Unless it comes to film history, then I can I can yes. I can I can school some people. Uh, but you know, it it seemed likely or even possible that these could be real people, you know, but yes. I, I do like that. A lot of the, a lot of the characters in this film are based on real people. Yes. Lot, lots of the, the quote unquote characters are real people. So
1: drawing one of the, for the
0: film, of course, but, uh, so yeah, I just took like 10 minutes to totally train wreck whatever it is that you were about to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, one, one of the things that I did as I was reading
1: this, you know, trying to play a little bit of ketchup as I'm watching the movie, one of the things that I thought was actually really cool about this movie was um, Butch Cassidy, uh, yeah, Butch Cassidy, who was Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the leader of this gang. I, I think they were the, I think it was the Wild Bunch. No, they're but holding I think, the wall gang uh no that's yeah that's right there's the hole in the wall gang yeah um uh and they uh uh, butch cassidy's actual sister in real life she was on set she was i mean in her Hmm. 80s mid 80s i think when the movie was being made she was on set talking to people about her brother butch cassidy as they're making this movie and so as well i was like it it was just like okay this is cool because like she was born in the late 1800s. Yeah, this movie so was like, made okay. in 1969. So, so you're—I mean, you're talking somebody's like, okay, we're making a movie about a period of time where we have somebody on set who mm-hmm. was there, and not only knew this person but was related to. I mean, like, it, yeah. like it was—it was his sister. So I was like, I thought that, and she eventually she endorsed the movie too. She—I mean, it had so it was one I was like, okay, this really kind of. Um, Cause I think at the beginning of the movie, it says something like most of these stories are true. Yes. Um, I know, think you, so it's,
0: do you get some sort of little title card that. Yeah, it's a that. little
1: qualifier. It's like, right. okay, we're taking a little bit of creative license, but most of what we're saying here is historically accurate. Right. This, right. these things actually happened. So uh, it was, it was interesting from that perspective because you know, in the same way, I mean, honestly my reference point for Billy, the kid is Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. So <laughs> well, know, mine's like, Emilio
0: Estevez. So there you yeah, go. Yeah. So enough. I mean, it, it's a not a, like a steeped, film lens
1: <laughs> steeped in historical accuracy. So this, I'll make uh, you this famous. was at least, this was at least a little closer to something that uh, along those lines. Yeah. and it, 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 well, essentially, well, it was Paul
0: like, Newman and 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 Robert Redford are serious. I mean, Robert Redford is still kicking around even today, making films. Yeah, so these these are these are Alexander Pierce and the well respected actors. Yeah. Presumably, and, probably very respectful of. Uh, I mean, obviously, if they have this, the sister of the real life Butch Cassidy, you know, like they're they're very respectful and 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 you know reverent uh, of of the characters themselves, like the actual yes. people.
1: And and the charisma of Paul Newman, like Paul Newman is one of those guys from the '60s that I, I mean, I absolutely love. I mean, oh. um, Cool Hand Luke, H- The Hustler. He, I mean, he's, he's just such, he really is I mean, like when I try and think of people, there's like, who are like the coolest people mm-hmm. that ever existed? And Paul Newman is on that list in my opinion, because he's just, he's such a cool guy. He's so great. Yeah. I mean, I, like, and I mean, even with I, what we'll broach here in, I'm sure momentarily the part of the movie that's <laughs> not quite so cool. <laughs> But like you know, the the whole thing is. Let's these, be
0: respectful of the film, and then we can trash it. Yes, and we, we will just later. absolutely eviscerate <laughs> it.
1: Um, but the the whole story is these guys—they're—they're um, they're, uh, train robbers. They're right. you know bandits, um, and they have they have this well, idea. Well, they're of they're like, hey. like bank
0: robbers actually. Yeah. initially, right? I think yes. that's how they made their hay. But they kind of switched over to trains.
1: Yes, and um, and so. They have this idea. They're like, "Hey, we're going to rob this train, and we're not. We're going to rob it when it goes east, and then we're going to rob it again when it's coming back because they won't expect us to rob it a second time. So they'll probably put even more money on it." Mm. And it was uh, some of that I thought was, I mean, just the the uh, the dialogue there, the banter back and forth between Paul Newman and um, and the guy on the train who was responsible oh, for the money that yes. wouldn't open the door. Yes, um, the that, the career that, man.
0: <laughs> yes, the that man. bit of dialogue yeah. I
1: thought was really entertaining. He was great. It, it was. It was just. I mean, it. It because there was a um, one of the things I realized as I was going through it. Um, Paul Newman and Robert Redford to me reminded me of like a uh, a George Clooney Brad Pitt Oceans oh, Eleven kind of vibe. Yes, I yes. felt like they kind of gelled in that kind of way to where you know cuz robert redford was was a very uh, subdued he was you know he he was uh, butch Cassidy um uh, you know paul newman clearly was the leader of the gang and he was right. the, he, was he the could leader. talk his way out, out out of anything he was a, a you know a he fast moving kind of wit, guy a quick mouth exactly yeah very so, han solo like uh, i, I yes. thought and um so they they um on the the second robbery of this train there's you know all these lawmen show up in this the second train that shows up as they're you know trying to collect all the money and these guys they're just pursuing they're like all right we're going to get Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid yeah and the posse just merciless. the
0: posse chase scene is crazy it's nearly as crazy as the other infamous scene we're going to get into yes 27 fucking minutes this goes on this posse chase scene which yes. which is it's entertaining and to me it's very emblematic of the time you know, you, you would never have a scene stretched this, this long in a modern day movie. You just never no. would. Maybe we should get into the hole in the wall gang and the scene with, uh, with, uh, you know, Butch Cassidy, Paul Newman, we talked about how like quick witted and, and quick oh, yes. he was. Yeah. I, I love that scene where he's challenged by one of his, um, crew members yes. at, to, to be like the head of the gang. And it was his idea, I think, to rob the train. Yes, it was. A very large man. And uh, I really enjoyed that scene because you really kind of got to see how Paul Newman and Robert Redford's chemistry worked. The way, you know, like in, in, you know, Butch Cassidy and Sundance, like they were, Sundance is this kind of star. He's like a, he's like a gunslinger. Yes. You know, we, we see early on in the car game, how, how quick he is with the gun. Yeah. So, but he, he's, he's Butch's guy. He's not really. He's only in the gang because of Butch, and I because Butch Butch was writing the checks with his mouth, and yes. Sundance was the one that was backing him up in case yes. anybody challenged him. Yes, exactly right. And you know, like you get you know you get the sense because like he even says in the movie the large man I I can't think of the character but you know he's like you know like you're you know like Sundance you're you're welcome to stay in the gang if you like once I kill you know Butch. And you know, like Paul kind of walks over to him and he says something like under his breath, like, you know, like, kill this guy if he kills me. And yeah. know, Sundance is like, You got it, you know? Yep. Can do. <laughs> they're they're definitely partners. They're like they're 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 partners within another partnership of the group.
1: Yeah, there's there's something special about the two of them that mm-hmm. elevates them even beyond the rest of the gang.
0: I would love to explore that more, like what is it? Is it the Bill and Ted Bogus Journey where he's like Butch Cassidy these the early years? <laughs> there's like a throwaway line. Yes, the,
1: uh, the, uh, there's I I have uh, when I got because I got this movie uh, I think I got it at half price books. Yeah, and at the same time I got uh, the movie The Sting which was directed by I the same guy I directed this. Well. Yeah. And it's another Robert Redford, Paul Newman. I, I haven't watched it yet. I need to because... And I didn't write chemi- down the director's
0: name, but he also directed um, The Sting as well. Like it's yeah. from the same people who made... Like they were trying to do that thing where like, oh, we, something worked great with Butch and Sundance. Let's yeah, do it let's again. Do it and again. that was The Sting. Um, and
1: they just... I mean, because the two of them, they really just... That was what... I mean, if there was anything that really just... As the movie itself was—I mean, it's not a bad movie—but if there was anything that really, really, really worked in the movie, mm-hmm. it was the chemistry between Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Oh, that's so what I, I love your—I love your analogy
0: this. of of the George Clooney, Brad Pitt from Ocean's Eleven. That's a really good analogy. They, like as I was sitting there, I was
1: like that's—that's that's just
0: what kept popping out at me. It's like yeah. these two guys—they
1: just—they have that because Robert Redford was—he was just so quiet and so mm-hmm. reserved, but he had kind of this. He had this smarmy kind of, you know, swagger to himself, very and, confident
0: and quiet. Yes, Butch Cassidy was the guy with the million plans. He had all the yeah. plans, and you know they did. They didn't always work, but when they but they did work sometimes, and that was enough to keep send Sundance along because Sundance was just, you know, he he didn't have a plan. He's just yeah, he just had a talent. He had a skill. He was
1: just he was along for the ride. He right. he could he could he could. Uh, he was useful in a pinch, like, oh, hey, all right, I can, I'll take care of this, you know, and that was when I was thinking about, you know, the Oceans movies, like, okay, that was how, you know, to uh, Rusty, um, mm-hmm. to to Danny Ocean, is like, yeah. okay, Danny was the one with all the plans, and it wasn't that Rusty never had any any input, but, you know, because Rusty was had a few number tricks his leave. he was his trusty He was number the number two, two guy. He right. was the guy like, all right, I'll line this up for you, I'll take care of this, I'll make right. sure this is all... Good to go. I'll keep the guys in line. I'll, you know, I'll oversee this and you, cause that was one of the things about it because, you know, George Clooney, he was this cool, suave guy, but you know, it was part of, part of the charm was, you know, he would have these moments of, uh, where, where, he was, you know, where something would, would fall apart yeah and he had to pivot quick and he had to think yes. on his feet and there was some comedy that would come from that, and that was the same kind right. of thing with Paul Newman. I was Butch, like, okay, Butch's plans didn't
0: always go go just just the way yes. he thought they would, but he always had a backup plan. He always had a Plan yes. B or a Plan C or a Plan D, and, and he could talk just, his way out. Yeah, he could talk his way out, which is why I likened him a little bit to Han Solo. Yes, uh, but I I, 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 I think I mean, that's an apt comparison as well. <laughs> thank you. I also like the the Clooney uh, Brad Pitt comparison because there's a there's like a tiny bit of an age difference. Yeah. Butch Butch is more the see, he's the senior. He's the more grizzled yes. leader of the packet. Like Sundance is, you know, he he could be the Butch one day, but right now he's very happy to be the, you know, the, the superstar gunslinger. Yeah. And that's his thing. But they're very comfortable around one another. They they tease each other. They have they have some really fun little back like back and forths throughout the movie. They actually share um a girl, it, it, it was Etta. Is it Etta Place? Is the character? That's, yeah, played by Catherine Ross, uh, who's pivotable, pivotable, pivotable in the the infamous scene that we're going to get to later. But yes, it is funny to that there's like throughout the movie there's kind of a, a triangle between the three of those characters, uh, where you know she she's involved romantically with with Sundance, but there's some sort of connection with Butch there as well. Like there's a romantic connection between her and Butch, but they, yeah, but, but they, they kind of, they they also work as a team really well. Like they're, they almost like kind of, I'm try, I was trying to think of an example and I know there's some out there. I just could not think of any off the top of my head where a, a girl, a really pretty girl who's talented, like very smart, very capable is sort of the centerpiece to these two very capable men and uh, could that be like the Julia Roberts character, possibly from one of the, the Ocean's movies? I don't know, but I really liked her character as well. But can we can we please go back to the twenty seven minute posse chase scene? Yes, yes. Now, the posse who were like the Terminator, you know, they couldn't they couldn't be they couldn't be swayed. They could not be ditched. Uh, I, I really liked all the scenes where Butch had, he had plan after plan after plan. This time it's going to work, you know, like where he would, you know, they would lose lose the trail. But they never would back off. And one of the characters was Joe, Joe LaForze. And the other Laforses. one- LaForzes? <laughs> LaForze. Now I know, I know as a Kevin Smith Mallrats man, you made that connection instantly, right? Yes. Because he even has like the white hat, you know, like the, the kind of straw like, hat yes. that was sort of his trademark. I was like, oh my God, Kevin Smith totally got this. Because, you know, he was born in 70, so it makes total sense. Yes. You know, that he would... And his be, dad would have been a
1: huge fan of... Oh my of God, Ruby
0: massive. Like would have had to have been a massive fan. He especially knowing that his dad was like real big into like country music, westerns. It all makes sense. Yes. So yeah, Joe LaForge. But then my... I love the character of the Lord Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> So like, there's, they're, they're kind of leading this posse, like Lord Baltimore is of Indian heritage. He's a tracker. Joe LaForest is, you know, and I, I love the part two where like, you know, they're like, that can't be Joe LaFours. He's a, he's, he, he doesn't leave Montana, right? You know, cause they're in Wyoming, but, yeah. but they're constantly being pursued by this super posse and it just goes on and on and on. And it leads in it, in it ends sort of kind of in that famous scene where they jump off the ledge that I have seen. Yes. You know, in, in, you know, my, my own, like other movies that have not necessarily been parried, but when you think of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid, you see that scene where they jump into the river. You used to always see that scene. Yes. So, but they're chasing them to that point where they finally jump off into the river. But uh, what, 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 what are your thoughts of this whole long sequence which takes—I uh, mean, it takes up like a third of the movie.
1: It it really because it, it because <clears throat> it, it's and it's what drives them into the second half of the movie. What their you know ultimately what their plan becomes for because they've they've realized that okay these guys aren't hey, they're not going to let us go. We can't right. just stick around here anymore. Oh, and, you mean you the know, plan keep, to
0: go to Bolivia? Yes, yeah. yeah.
1: So they they I I love I love that exchange on the ledge when Sundance was like, ah, oh, and he was like, oh, he, you know, cause he doesn't want to reveal that he can't swim. So he's like, yeah, I'll just, we'll have a shootout right here. It's like, we right. can have a shootout right here. Right. It's like, there's no way we would survive that. It's right. like, we, it's, it's like, we got to jump. He would and rather he, die in
0: gunfire than admit yes. that he can't swim. And I just,
1: I love that little kind of, cause he, even, even when they, um, when they had that moment, when they revealed their actual names to each other, I love, oh, loved yeah. I loved that I loved that scene too cuz it was one yeah. I was like just to have known each other like, cuz there was there was a part of it that just felt like that's what made their connection even deeper is like yeah. okay we've known we're clearly good friends we've been around each other for a long time but even in, in all of that we still refer to each other As by your our code nicknames names. yeah, yeah. Your nicknames so it was like hey here's my actual name it's like oh huh. Here's my actual name, so I liked that they had because that was, that was really sweet. I like that it really emboldened their relationship. And in that moment when Robert Redford begrudgingly is like, "I can't swim," and Paul Newman just <laughs> starts laughing at him, it's one of those things like, "Okay, that's that's what kind of made their that buddy part for me because like that's what is like, okay, if you were in a situation like that where you know it's like, okay, we're we're between a rock and a hard place, literally, and you know your buddy tells you something, you're like. You know, like even when he starts laughing at him, it's like you know that <laughs> you guys are still best friends. Yeah. The only reason he's laughing at you is because if you are best friends. If
0: anyone else had laughed at Sundance because he of that, it would him. have been filled with lead, but it was Yeah, just, all right, you're done. I'll
1: die here. That's fine. But it was like, you know, it's like, all right, no, no. Come on. We got to jump. I love that whole scene. And I was glad that it really, that's what it led up to because anything less than that, I feel like that whole posse you know that that whole extended scene would have felt really like a letdown. Yeah. But it led up to this. It was like, okay, it wasn't anything huge. It wasn't like there were massive explosions and right. You know, uh, it was just like they jumped off into the river and they sailed away, and right. that's how they got away. They got carried but it was, downstream. Right? Yes, that moment was was uh, like because it I feel like it really cemented them as who they were. It's like they're the kind of guys like all right. Let's go to Bolivia. Because i like, okay, if you know, it's one of those things. Like, if you're like, hey, what do you think about us moving to Portugal? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that seems a,
0: seems a bit, a, it's a bit pretty, high, a bit pretty hasty stretch. Maybe. Well, I love it too because like Bolivia is his his is a go to plan, but they don't yeah. even speak Spanish. No, and <laughs>
1: he doesn't really know anything about Bolivia.
0: It's such a half baked idea to begin yeah, with. I was like, yeah, I know where we'll go. We'll go to Bolivia. <laughs> Let's go to the country we don't even speak any language. Like we I don't even know the language. <laughs> they have to bring along their their you know they have to bring along Etta to to teach them to speak Spanish and to, just just to give them enough dialogue to to hold up a bank. And, and I'm like, how? You already like, told him to stand up against the wall.
1: <laughs> how many countries did you have to go through to get to Bolivia? I'm like, why? It was like, oh, no. Once, we, once they, uh, I don't want to get off in Peru. Make sure we stay on the train until we get to Bolivia. And I like that's that they where. don't
0: explain why Bolivia. No, they just, it was just Bolivia.
1: Because, of- <laughs> I mean, that's what they did in real life. And it's when I was like, if you could dig them up and ask them, like, what was with Bolivia, guys? I mean, what was the? You, you oh, feel well, I, I, heard,
0: like, I, I heard it was beautiful, and that the, they, you know, they they would never see us coming, and blah blah. Like blah. it
1: does, it <laughs> it feels like the answer would have been Butch Cassidy saw a postcard somebody got from <laughs> Bolivia. Like it was just like of all the countries
0: in the world, it's like yeah, but that's no Butch. Like he, he yeah. could take a very raw, not even half baked plan, not it's just raw. And and yeah. convince someone of Sundance's stature to go along with it, you know that this is actually a good idea. But but yeah, so the but the but the posse forces them to go there. Yeah. But, uh, let let's. I think this is as good a time as any. Yes. The bicycle. <laughs> so they get chased back to a farm with Etta. And uh, after a night of lovemaking between Etta and 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 Sundance, Butch and Etta have this scene. And I didn't, I didn't actually, I don't know how long the scene went on for.
1: Too long. It, it went on for too quite long. Some time. Well, and I, I'm gonna, I'll back up, I'll back up just one, one bit. Because um, uh, the night before this scene takes place in the movie, I did enjoy, because it was right after they had robbed the train the first time. Yeah. And so they come back to town and they're up, Butch and Sundance, they're up in that, you know, like the second story of that saloon or whatever it was and they're trying to get a posse together down in, t- in the in the town square like the guys like all right we're
0: going to go after Butch Cassidy we're right. going to go after the yes, Sundance yes. Kid yes the sheriff's ha- in on it i yes. I, I have and a note i want to talk about him but yeah please continue cuz like they're
1: just they're sitting up there listening <laughs> to these guys yes down like they're probably what 30 40 feet away from them down in the in yes. the street below them Right. and this guy is trying to organize a posse to go after him <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like everybody's like, nah,
0: no, we're not gonna do that. No, we're was, not doing no, this. No, in fact, in fact, a dude jumps up and he's trying to sell. That's. And that was the precursor. Like he's that like was the precursor to the bicycle scene. <laughs> he just
1: like it, was, like it was like all right, all right. You've had your time to to try and get a nobody, posse together. Clearly, nobody. No one's doing this. That. I got a crowd here. I'm gonna try and sell them on the <laughs> the invention of the future bicycles. Yeah, have you guys heard about bicycles yet? It's got two wheels, and you're riding around. And it's the it's the hot new thing. And it's like, and then we, I don't you know, even we kind of know,
0: have, you know. I don't even know where to start. Like, that's a good place to start, I guess. But the only note that I could even write down, because it's so nonsensical, is that Schwinn must have been a paid sponsor for this. I'm just like, (laughs) because,
1: like, it was this, there there was a part of it it was like, okay. You know, it it sort of displayed these two different like because Sundance was is, you know he's clearly you know invested in the relationship to some degree with uh, Etta right right right. but at the same time he just kind of had this meh kind of like yeah, yeah whatever we're know, gonna Etta's
0: beautiful and he's just sort of physically he's just in it for the physical he's like yeah this yeah.
1: I'm just it's like it's a Tinder date for him he's like oh, let's just right go, right let's it's just, just a get booty this call the for Sundance yeah. let's
0: just call it for what it is
1: and then so. Then, then you so you have this you know pseudo romantic evening that the two of them share, and then the next morning you you've got it's just like we've it wasn't introduced bicycles
0: he forced her to undress it. yeah not. it wasn't it was, was a weird it was game to play <laughs> it was yeah it was like they
1: had it was you know like a you know a a, a pre Fifty Shades of Grey kind of thing they're like okay we're both kind of in on this you know whatever right. we got going on right. here. Um, and so they they did their thing, and then the next morning here you have this whimsical Paul Newman riding <laughs> up on a bicycle, like, "Hey, I know you guys have been screwing all night. What do you say we <laughs> go for a good old fashioned bicycle ride on this newfangled invention that I've invested in?"
0: <laughs> yeah, he just like picks her up and she's riding on the back of this bicycle. Let's ride a bicycle, for and three it's just hours. an excuse for this B.J. Thomas song. This this. Written by the great Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach, and you know this, the the song. By the way, in the sixties, this song was a chart topping song, alongside somehow. Such, yeah, if you think about nineteen sixty nine, there were like Led Zeppelin songs and Beatles yeah. songs. Like, yep. if you think about other songs that are coming out, like this is a brand new tune written by Burt Bacharach, and it's on playing on radios, and it's the raindrops keep falling on my head song and you know we were we were having a little bit of a discussion prior to the recording you know we, we we're both very aware of this song's existence but it's funny to think about this song was unveiled for this film like this, this Yeah cuz the big title card in the opening sequence of the movie featuring raindrops <laughs> keep falling <laughs> on my head Yes. Like, What like did the crowd go bananas at that point? Like, like, finally, it's in a movie, guys! Shit, that's the latest Bert Bacharach jam. (laughs) Well,
1: because I mean, at this point, nineteen sixty nine, you've already had you've had Clint Eastwood in at least I think two of the the Man with No Name trilogy. You've had you've had Fistful of Dollars and a few dollars more. Uh, I I can't remember if uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly has happened yet. But it's like you've you have those iconic just great Western soundtracks with, with that music that just matches up so well. And you're like, you've got Such that a
0: goofball. song, I mean, And then you've got raindrops keep falling on my head by Burt Bacharach. And you're like, <clears throat> what? Now, I was saying beforehand that we, we were introduced to this song at some point in our lives. Yes. It happened, but, but I don't know when I don't know when I suspect it was like, probably like a Simpsons episode of, or something. Simpsons yeah, it was, was not great. formal. The Simpsons was great at taking because you know, you think about the writer and the producers and the creators of The Simpsons, they were probably younger when the 60s were around. So, like, I could totally see yeah. like a scene with Bart falling in love with somebody in this, you know, playing yeah, some in sort of satirical montage way. similar to this. Yeah, but but the two movies that I think of when I, I think of the Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head song, uh, it, it always signifies something fresh, something you know, childlike, frolicking in the meadow. Right, right, but just some something pure. So you I think of the Spider Man two scene when Peter Parker I think he he gets rid of the suit and he's kind of he's got yeah. that weight lifted off his shoulders. He's like, he's ah, kind of, I get to just be me. Yeah. I just get to be Peter Parker with, with, with MJ and he's walking around and they're playing it. Then the other scene I think of is the Clerks Two where Dante and Randall are doing the go kart scene. That they do the raindrops yes. keep falling on their head in that scene. Yep. So it's a very it's an iconic song as goofy and dri- dippy as it is. You know, it gets played a lot in movies. So, but it, it got debuted in 1969. It was yeah. a new jam. Like people were like th- this would have been the song that people were jam- like jamming out to on their you know, on Spotify. <laughs> it it
1: cuz to me it feels like the kind of song like if you went to a Mother's Day brunch <laughs> like at a restaurant and there was like, "Hey, we've got a we got somebody playing the we got we got a guy playing the piano. Yeah, and like you know, like hey, you're you're midway through. your it's like oh, I'm gonna go to the Belgian waffle station, and then all of a sudden, it's like <laughs> it's just pounding out of the piano. Raindrops keep falling on my head. You're like oh, look, there's raindrops keep falling on my head. Every every kind of,
0: one of the people listening to this podcast right now have had their teeth cleaned to the raindrops. Yeah, it's just my
1: it's not. I mean, it's not a song you really <laughs> voluntarily listen to at any no. point in your life. You're not like hey, could you crank that? Raindrops keep falling on my head. Hey, uh, after this song plays, can you put on Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head? That's a that's a uh, nobody's getting their girlfriend a a
0: horny to they're putting on Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, like getting her in the mood.
1: (laughs) Hey, Gary, is your ringtone Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head? Why, yes, it is. I really love that song, and so anytime anyone calls me, it just makes me feel whimsical. So I feel like, oh,
0: it's a very good call, man. Whimsy, it's the the theme song of Whimsy. (laughs)
1: Yeah, whimsical the font that should have been the that should have been the uh, the theme song for it. That's where it would have been appropriate.
0: That would have been like we got the whimsical the font movie poster with the, <laughs> that. That would be the movie they play or the theme song. Um, but but we, to, to, but to go back to the scene, it's nuts. It's like a music yeah. video for Swin bicycles and Butch Cassidy. And the thing that i thought was really funny was. You know paul newman had to spend some time with a stunt man or something like a bicycle expert to get yeah. to do these tricks like he's probably need you really good on a
1: bicycle he
0: had to get really good on a bicycle because you know they're they're riding along and they come across this barn and uh etta she you know she 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 goes up to the barn to the top and she's watching butch like you know, he's he's just sort of entertaining her with all of these like yeah. goofball tricks. Like from a like, look what I can do on a bicycle! World's <laughs> cheesiest bicycle circus! What? <laughs> what is this? When he turned around and was pedaling backwards, I would I literally laughed out loud.
1: He's laying down on his stomach on the. He
0: did the Superman on the seat. Pose. I'm
1: like, what? What
0: are we doing here? It really was just like, like we got to get this. We paid for this song. People, the people want to hear this song. They got to hear this yeah, song. Yeah, people so are clamoring for this. We got to throw this in I don't care what it is that you have playing the video, like your silly little moving picture show. I don't care what you do. Just keep the song playing. Keep Yeah, it's Bert like we built rolling. a movie around this song. <laughs> it really feels like they did. Yeah. It's like, hey, <laughs> you joke, joke, about those, like uh, this movie is only was only made for this damn song. <laughs>
1: You, uh, Hey, you know what would be a great idea for a movie? How about we do a movie about Old West, you know, the gunslingers, you know, the uh, the, the bank robbers, Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid, you know, those the hole-in-the-wall gang, those guys, the real grizzled criminals. Yes. You know how they took, they robbed a train, and they would, you know, they'd shoot people, and they'd play a card, they'd drink whiskey. You know what else they did? They would ride bicycles. They would ride bicycles. To whimsical songs. Whimsically
0: through the countryside. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was like, how long could we? How long could we get? And could we do this scene for? I don't know, forty-five minutes, an hour. It's ah, that seems bananas a little long.
0: how long this scene goes. For. It just
1: goes on and on and on. You're like, I don't even. And the, and then I just feel like they were like, okay, we know that we could just let this scene go on for days if we really wanted to. I mean, like, yeah. But at some point, guys, we're gonna have to cut this off. How do we want to end <laughs> the bicycle scene? Really how do we want, have to though? How, if we if we gotta close this scene out. Because people aren't going to sit in a the theater for eight hours watching Paul Newman ride a bicycle to this song about raindrops. Because that's not a thing. We're going to have to close this scene out. How yeah. should we do it naturally? What if a bull starts chasing them?
0: <laughs> that's right. The bull what? Chases.
1: A bull starts chasing them? Where did the bull come from? Well, you know, they're kind of riding around on a farm. There would probably be a bull. So it's like, oh, it like, oh, we got to get out of here. That, that bull looks pretty menacing. What? I forgot about the bull. It's like a bull. It was like bullshit. oh shit, what we, that was. We we better skedaddle, kids. That bull looks. He looks like he's he's gonna give us you know a run for our money. <laughs> I know we could do this all day. I mean everybody's having a gr- a grand time watching Paul doing tricks. You know he's having a good time on that bicycle. Schwinn's getting there. Getting yeah. Their, their, oh,
0: Schwinn's getting their money's oof, worth.
1: They are getting their money's worth, and we got this song blaring. Yes. You know we're we're owning this song.
0: I was like, but they I guess paid guys, for the, they pay for the Schwinn, they paid for the song, and they made a movie around it.
1: <laughs> at some well, because and and to kind of transition into kind of what the next phase of the movie was, they have this long drawn out bicycle scene. And then there's like this ridiculously short montage of them on trains, and they're like, "Hey,
0: now we're in Bolivia." It's like, right? What? Hey, Bolivia really sucks ass, by the way. So it's like
1: we could do 20 minutes of this guy riding on a bike, yeah. But it's like when it comes to the plot of the movie, we're like,
0: yeah, just just, in the early 1900s, like it, like getting to Bolivia would be a movie all in itself. Yeah, I'm
1: like, (laughs) it's. I'm like, okay. I mean, they're on a train. It's not like these trains are, go- I mean, they, they, they're they able to overtake a train by riding up on a horse. <laughs> so it's almost like these trains are not like, oh, they're not, they're not bullet trains. So it's like, if you're in Wyoming and you're going to Bolivia, I mean, it's like, I mean, think, like if I got a enough, lot of interesting
0: I, I, shit happened on that trip.
1: Oh, yeah. And the, I mean, it's like, I it was like, oh, just, it's like the opening to cheers where it's just like all these pictures of like, oh, look, now they're all dressed up and now they're doing this and no, oh, look, right. they're hitting the town. And I was like, what? There's a, I feel like a lot is happening here, and like as much time as we sent spent with the bike, we're just kind of
0: glossing <laughs> over too this that, entire like, thing. that he like discards the bike into a creek. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, screw this bike. It's Fuck like this bike. It's like, <laughs> what?
1: you know, you you, stu- you stupid bicycle. It's like, what <laughs> the in the future world? sucks.
0: <laughs> I was like, okay. kiss my ass, bicycle. <laughs>
1: It really is. It's like, he's just like, you know, if it
0: just if, throws it,
1: it's just like, uh, you just take you t- you t- this bike and shove it. I mean, it's like, but then okay, there's
0: this really sad, drawn out. Fade out of the bicycle in the game. Yeah, just I mean, because it, it does. It's like didn't he even kind spend of spent that much time, like, on any of the no. deaths of the gang No, <laughs>
1: people. I mean, like, there were human beings that died in this movie that got less screen time than this bicycle just kind of being pushed, like discarded, spinning sadly, <laughs> cast aside. It
0: was like, ah, oh,
1: man, how about that? Man, let's can we take a moment for bicycles? I mean, Everybody just a moment of this
0: film. How many weeks did you spend oh framing like, this oh,
1: bicycle Hey hey Fred, uh show me what you got on the uh the bicycle <laughs> discard scene. What, what do you mean the bicycle discard? We got discard two scene? hours you know, of footage of the bicycle. <laughs> you know, disc. we we spent we spent the better part of two weeks filming that, <laughs> oh, you know. It was 13 hours a day, man. You know, we had There's a, there's a had director's pull.
0: cut of that bicycle. Yeah, scene just
1: I mean just so. like God. I mean it's like the Zapruder films or something like that. We we're like, oh, we just got Hours and hours and hours of footage of Paul Newman discarding a bicycle Got in different damn you fashions. Bike. Like, ah, <laughs> he just, one, he, he hoisted up over his head and just, and just chucks it into a creek. <laughs> you know, he's just, ah, you know, he, 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 he dismantles the bike and physically feeds it to the bull. You know, there's all these different piece, things. are like, oh, I'm like, what in, the, like, they're. <laughs> in this movie because I because there's as I'm watching this I'm just sitting there thinking to myself like there's all these old dudes that would be like oh yeah butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid it's like okay wait 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 like you're these tough old like World War two you know kind of oh, guys it's like yeah we love our westerns yeah. we're tough guys like yeah but but remember the, that BJ Thomas song but <laughs> what, what about the bike stuff man like what I was like, I'm not saying part. that Paul Newman isn't still a cool guy. He's Superman. <laughs> but but the bike stuff, like, no, I mean, like, that, to me, like, if this, I mean, like, if somebody's like, hey. It's regrettable is what it is. Have you ever Paul seen Newman Butch Casting like the Sundance the Kid? Bike. I mean, like, that's the thing is, like, how, I mean as as iconic as this movie is and as it's not like it comes up all the time but it's one of those like I picked it because it's held in a certain regard as like oh, oh yeah. it's a great
0: piece of cinema absolutely and it's one of those I'm like it's like Steve McQueen you know like anything he did you know it's very macho
1: I would be like if there was like a a 30 minute scene in the great escape where Steve McQueen's combing his hair you know that scene in North by Northwest where Cary Grant does paper mache
0: Oh, here's the bike part. We can fast forward the next 22 minutes.
1: I just like, I, I, it's just, it's one of those things. I'm like, okay, there's all these grizzled, old, tough, greatest generation guys. Who are like, yeah, we fought, we fought in WWII. We like westerns. You know, I, I, I eat leather for breakfast. That's what I eat for breakfast, just and I, eye. I drink whiskey. I drink whiskey out of a dirty boot. That's the kind of person <laughs> I am. And like. Yeah, what about that twenty-minute montage of Paul Newman riding a bicycle to rain? Is 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 the reason no one ever talks about that? Is like, I feel like it's just is like it's one of like everybody just kind of collectively said like, all right, whenever this movie comes up, we're just not going to talk about the bike stuff. <laughs> the bike okay? stuff. We're gonna didn't t- happen. <laughs> We're going to talk about the cowboy stuff. Yes. We're going to talk about the guns.
0: The end scene where they're fi- they're trying to fight their way out like, of Bolivia yeah, with the Mexican. i like, oh, I've been yeah. shot. And like oh, I'm
1: bleeding. It's like, yeah, oh, we're going to go out in a blaze of glory. It's like, how about yeah, Australia? I was <laughs> like, oh, how about you guys come, you know, how about you guys come out and fight this Mexican armada on uh, on a couple of huffies, huh? why about you guys <laughs> hop on a ding, ding, ring your little bell and just well, pedal no out? They and, didn't
0: get away from the posse. They weren't running their bikes.
1: Yeah, I was like, man, if you'd had a bike.
0: They were trying to get away on a horse like a couple of assholes.
1: Yeah, I was like, what's a horse going to do, man? A, a horse is going to run out of steam. You're going to have to feed a horse. You know what you're going to have to feed? A bicycle. Nope. It just keeps riding, man. You just keep riding it. It's got to keep it inflated. You just keep pedaling. And it's like, uh, if you're going down a hill, you can do that Superman move all day long, man. All day long. You just ride
0: like the wind. Nobody looks cooler than the, the Superman scene on a bike. Oh. Macho, Macho that, it is. bueno.
1: <laughs> you just, I mean, you get that whole thing and then you're like, you know, and then there's just this cutaway montage and then they're in Bolivia. Yeah. And you're like, I feel like we, uh, that requires a little bit more explanation than it was like, yeah, we got rid of the bike and then we were in Bolivia. It's like you were in Wyoming.
0: I just can't get that scene where he throws the bike away. He's <laughs> just like, ah, forget you, you,
1: you silly bicycle. <laughs> He's like, I'm over, I'm done with the wave of the future, my fanny, like Like, BJ
0: Schwinn or whomever the the father, like whomever was like the first Schwinn bicycle maker, the father of Schwinn. You know, he had like a, it was like a real rosebud moment for him.
1: He's just sitting there, just single tear just streaming down his (laughs) cheek. How could they do that to the bicycle? How could he just? How could he cast it away like like yesterday's jam?
0: so but but talking about the bike scene you know like that we we had to give ample time to to talk about we needed the silliness of this we needed to work through that Oh, I feel, I feel I feel okay. I feel better. Therapeutically, I feel much better now. Yeah, I'm watching that scene and I'm like, I wonder what Adam has is thinking about right when he's watching this bike scene. Is he just is like is he cracking up as much as I am? I can't wait to find out.
1: It, yeah, it, that that scene, that scene is the epitome of of the uh, of the phrase. Wait, what? It's the movie is objectively badass. You I know, like you I mean, you cut that bicycle scene out. If you took the time... I mean, the movie that you, that would only spent be
0: 52 minutes long. If you cut yeah, the, the movie
1: would be like... Out. I mean, it would be a 23-minute episode of a TV show <laughs> if you took the bicycle parts out. Uh, Bounty it's law. Just, <laughs> it's just bicycles for days. Um, just, that's what, that's what I was bike. like, you know... I, I feel like... Um, because, I mean, honestly, you know what would have been really great? Is if they would have used that footage for a Juicy Fruit commercial. Because <laughs> I feel like
0: that really would have fit well... It was like, "Hey, white people riding bikes. White people riding chased bikes chased away by a bull.
1: Oh no, we better <laughs> ski daddle because because there's a bull coming towards us. Luckily, we've got a bicycle to to I make, make a if handy I could cut, exit.
0: Like on the YouTube channel, I can just get like a, the juicy fruit theme song, but like a montage of the bicycle the taste, the
1: taste, the taste is gonna <laughs> move you. <laughs> I'll have to look
0: into that. I'll have to look into just edit together like oh like the
1: oh no look there's it, a bull fits." Oh.
0: It they there's like a perfect synergy, a perfect marriage of juicy fruit, lame white people, and bicycle riding.
1: In those Doublemint commercials, even back when they tried to revive those back in what the late '90s, early 2000s, were like, hey, let's bring back gum commercials. And I always had people, people riding on bikes. I was just like, that. I mean, I know right now there's a popular trend where it's like white people be like. And then there's right. you know, like, oh, you know, white people are always saying, uh, looks like we got here at just the right time when a line gets really long at a restaurant. And it's like, there's always, and that's what I was like, yeah, that's what white people do. Cause we're white. Yeah. Those are the, the whitest things you could do. I was like, and the whitest thing you could do ride around on a bicycle for 20 minutes while raindrops keep falling on your head. Oh, is like That's, I don't know that there's, I don't know that there's anything whiter. I don't think so. I, I think that is as ivory as I think it gets. that is the whitest thing you can do. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's get dressed up and ride around on a bicycle while raindrops yeah. keep falling on my head. Keeps That's playing. pretty let's fly
0: that. right there. It's, I tell you. <laughs> especially right, especially we, because. We got we to gotta put this bicycle scene to the. We got to put the it bici- the
1: If you would cut the bicycle scene and put a little bit more meat into that montage where they're getting Going to, Bolivia, to Bolivia. Yeah. Because I mean, it is is like
0: you know, or even ten more minutes of the posse chasing, oh, God I mean, forbid, just just make that thirty seven minutes long. Well, as my, I mean, because
1: it's like okay, you're going, you're starting in Wyoming and you're going to Bolivia by train. Yeah, and you're, I mean, it's that's quite all the of adventure. Sudden, <laughs> I mean, you're living it up, and you're, I mean, because pre- presumably it wasn't just all on train. I mean, they're going out, they're getting fancied up, and you know, hitting the town, and doing this, and there's like okay, there's this monster, you know, just this migration from Wyoming down to Bolivia, and it, I mean it is it's like forty five seconds in this, just these pictures and other music, and it's like, oh, and now we're in Bolivia. It's like, <laughs> okay, that I feel like somebody just really wasn't paying attention when they were storyboarding nope. this one out. They're like, absolutely not. Oh crap, we kind of blew our wad on the whole bike. Or scene. what
0: if there was just like a, a wall of bicycles? Yeah, storyboarded. Like, oh, you know, well, George Lucas like, is like, we got this. <laughs> We can
1: we can do the we can do the train stuff in post. <laughs> that's what we'll do. We'll just CGI on a train. A pair. Yeah. So here's a. We'll just do the pair scene. That's what we'll do.
0: We got this bicycle. Oh, Jesus Christ. We don't even need Paul Newman for this scene. Okay. No. Let's get past this. Let's get so they get yeah. to Bolivia. They get. They to get to Bolivia. This is like their second. This is like the second part of the movie. Uh Force and Voldemort. Baltimore, whatever not Baltimore. Voldemort, Lord. I'm Baltimore. fine with Voldemort, Lord Baltimore. Uh, they they do eventually catch up with him, but for for a brief little while they were like a little. They kind of found this their second wind as bank robbers in yeah, Bolivia. They were robbing
1: banks in Bolivia.
0: And I, I did I did like those scenes where, you know, Etta's is teaching them Spanish and they're they're trying to get their just you know, like they're it's like they're running lines, but they have to learn Spanish to to rob a bank.
1: And and the the comedic value and the the bickering between the two of them because yeah. like you've already told him like I you, you told him to get against the wall. you already told him to get up against the wall <laughs> yeah. you're get to the next part of it right and it's just I mean the the fumbling around it was yeah. like huh oh.
0: and it and it of course ends in a hail of gunfire at the end of, yeah you know they 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 they, they kind of become wise to the fact that they're being followed and they try to go straight yes uh, they they try to become uh, like you know i guess they they well they they find the guy who's like a caricature of of a of a dude i don't even yeah. know like for what but he's like I, I like that guy who they were you know the the guy hires him to to you know f- to protect them yeah kind of guard them like while he's transporting money via donkey up a mountain <laughs> it's pretty crazy
1: yeah like oh, yeah we go get the money and then we bring it back on a donkey yeah, yeah. and somehow everyone robs us every time It's like really yeah <laughs> didn't think that <laughs> one through you did you say what yeah, so
0: like, we'll, we'll just blow through all of that cuz it's it's extremely yeah. entertaining and i liked it uh, but we had to talk that about redeemed the bicycle some things scene. we we spent our we spent our the, yeah. the allotment of time about the from for the movie on the bicycle yes
1: scene. it's uh, it's a, at the end, i mean it's a good movie it is a classic it it earns all that the bicycle thing is just so out of place <laughs> and just and no one it's like it's when, like no one warns you it's not like oh yeah if you're going to watch that there's you know, just the bicycle thing's kind of a big deal so i did have two yourself. scenes
0: that i wanted to shine a light on that i thought yeah. were re- particularly good i, I really like the scene pre pre bicycle scene where uh, butch and sundance they they've already jumped off the, the 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 ridge into the lake or the river or whatever and uh, they're they're kind of just like trying to figure things out where to go next and they 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 happen upon that sheriff the same i think it's the same sheriff oh, who yeah. was trying to form the posse and uh you it becomes clear at this point that he's kind of in on it you know he's yeah. he's sort of in on the 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 scheme and uh they're like well, we we need help and he's like you know you you guys can't just show up here people might have seen like you got to tie me up and gag me like that whole scene was really kind of funny i like that scene
1: yeah and he was like you know no you can't you can't you, <laughs> you can't, can't go show straight. Your faces you can here. you can't just you know have a do over there's no mulligan for this like right. you're You've you've shot yourself in the foot one too many times, and right. you're just you're forever bank robbers, right? No one's ever gonna you know give you a, a one more chance to to do anything else. I, I thought the, gonna be on the I run. thought
0: the acting from that sheriff was pretty 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 hilarious. It was yeah, that good, was a great scene, good comedic scene right there. And I also like the the end scene too, where uh, Butch and Sundance are they're kind of backs against the wall. Uh, you know, they're 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 trying to shoot their way out of this impossible situation. And uh I think it's Butch is like, you know, you you run for ammo and Sundance is like, you can't shoot, and Butch is like, I'm gonna have to run, aren't I? Because you're the only yeah. one that can cover me. And they, they're kind of like running from cover to cover, and Butch is like so clumsy and old, he's just like crashing into carts. Yes. <laughs> and Sundance well, I- is just killing Federale after one after the one, other. Psh, psh,
1: psh. Just I, sp- I did I did really enjoy kind of that juxtaposition of when when Butch has to reveal that he's never shot a gun before. <laughs> so like you have that moment earlier in the movie where you have, you've you got Sundance saying he can't swim, and then mm-hmm. you kind of get this turnabout where Butch is like, uh, yeah, so I've never actually shot a gun before. <laughs> it's like, that's, this is some time for you to tell his me about His
0: mind that. and his mouth is, is all he's ever had to shoot off. Yeah. And it's always, it's always worked. Yeah. But now not so much. That's why you hit your wagon to a Sundance. Yep. All right. Well, that, that's all the, all the notes, all of the thoughts that I had on Butch and the Sundance Kid. Uh, Great, great movie. I I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah.
1: I'd still, I'd recommend it despite the fun,
0: despite being almost 50 years old.
1: It's a great Western, you know, it's two iconic guys. It's, there's a lot of fun. Yeah. And honestly, even as confusing, at least now, if you, if somebody listen to this go, is going to go and watching it, they know about the bike scene going into it. So they're not going in blind. we prepared yeah. you
0: for the bike scene. we prepared you for the utter ridiculousness of this yeah, you're thing.
1: You're like, okay, I'm gonna, I need to check this bicycle stuff
0: out. Watch it. Mute your television. Watch it. Maybe, you know, like you can kind of watch things like times two in speed, times four in speed. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe do that. Uh, But you got to see some of the tricks. Like, Paul Newman really put the time in to get pretty decent on this bike. He was one heck of a cyclist.
1: (laughs) We got you. Get away from me. Why? I want to fight him. they will kill us. Maybe. You want to die? Do you? All right. I'll jump first. No. Then
0: you jump first. No, I said. What's the matter with you? I can't swim. we'll move straight on to my film my pick yes so i was very ashamed revealing to you that i have never seen i actually haven't seen a handful of john hughes movies um as huge as a fan i am of the breakfast club and movies like ferris bueller's day off and you know other films that John Hughes has had a hand in creating throughout the 80s you know he's he was a uh, did did he write and direct also uh weird science or was he a yep. weird yeah, science yeah, was so his m- too movies that i just love in the 80s i i rejected the romantic comedies of of that era that time and uh so the movie that i chose to watch was from 1984 the Molly Ringwald Anthony Michael Hall John Cusack Classic 16 Candles from 1984 great flick it really is a really good movie and i feel i feel bad for dismissing it as like a kind of a girly type movie you know like i i was i was the type of person growing up that i didn't like birthday parties i didn't like a lot of attention and like 16 your 16th birthday is like the epitome of attention getting like you know yeah that 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 is the big birthday and i didn't want a birthday party for my 16th birthday and like i just i hated the uh, whole i hated all of it and another another confession of mine is like i just don't really particularly care for molly ringwald
1: that that's i think the thing about this one and pretty in pink Mm -hmm. is another one that i haven't seen Uh, The, and that's like, she works really well in Breakfast Club as part of the ensemble. Yeah. Um, and she, because she's, she's really likable in that. And I, she's even, even in Breakfast Club, there's a part of her is like, there's even a more of an, I mean, she's, I feel like she's more attractive as a character all around. I mean, physically, emotionally, like she's just so much more of like, by that point, like, okay. I can buy Molly Ringwald to somebody that I want to, you know, kind of hook my wagon to here and 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 follow her in this. And you got other options as far as that goes. And it's not like Pretty in Pink and um, and Sixteen Candles don't have a good ensemble cast because Anthony Michael Hall in Sixteen Candles is fantastic. He really is. And and there's, I mean, there's there's other characters that really play a a pivotal role. I mean, you get a very young John and Joan Cusack. Yes. um, uh, and then you, I mean, you got Long Duck Dong. You got <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I absolutely love um, Paul. Uh, what's his face that plays? Um, uh, plays her dad in the oh, movie. He, yes, he's he is just he's fantastic. He's I mean he he's such a great eighties dad. dad.
0: I think he really. is such a great eighties dad you know, in this movie. I I had made a note because one one movie that I because like I hadn't seen this film, but I was vaguely I mean I was familiar with the beats of it. Uh, and then uh, in the 90s, there was a movie, like, you know, like, parody movies and, and they, like, were all the rage. Yes. Uh, then Not Another Teen Movie, which actually yep. I think was early 2000s, came out. And, yeah, I think, uh, it
1: was, I think it might have been 2000.
0: Yeah, the the role of that character went to uh, uh, Randy Quaid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there are all these, like, heart-to-heart scenes that get punctuated, like, by Randy quade's ridiculousness you yes. know all, all of those heart-to-heart mo- like moments in 16 candles like i'm waiting for something silly to happen ridiculous to happen because that's what i was conditioned to expect yes. thanks to those types of movies but it, it's it's really sweet you know like all of those scenes with him like you said like he and molly ringwald were really adorable together yeah um so I'll just run through the list of characters. Uh, so yeah, Molly Ringwald. I just said a little while ago that I was never a big fan of hers. I, I don't. I hate to be mean. No disrespect, but there's just something about her face. <laughs> like, it's like I think of the Brandon scene from like Step Brothers. Yes. It's like, you know, like I want to like you, but could you just change your face? <laughs> I just wanna. I just wanna just dismantle your face right now. She she has this constant look of kind of grossed out sort of, you know, well, like I just picture her going like, well, duh, like, and you know, like there's this expression on her face all the time, which I hated. And I knew people similar to her. Like this, this movie was the start of the cult of Ringwald and Hughes. Yeah. And I, you know, growing up in the eighties and I, so like, I obviously a lot of the girls that I'd grown up with went, came up idolizing this character in this movie and i just I, you know like the same girls that i didn't like that i kind of was disgusted by in real life they were they were based on ringwald's character from six yeah. candles uh, i just never understood the appeal of ringwald but you know she she's without a doubt a legendary female protagonist of the 80s i mean especially the early to mid 80s she's just popular but in this movie like If I let go of all those prejudices that I I think of, you know, whether those prejudices came from real life people that I knew that that idolized Ringwald and I just kind of projected that hate upon her just because I didn't care for like the real life people in my life. I don't know. There's like there's a couch where I can lay down and maybe talk about this type these types of things. <laughs> it's on but, par with the bicycle scene. But she she's not like she's okay like she's making like the facial looks like she can't change her face. That's not her fault. That's no. on me. <laughs> I, I but she was she was kind of cute in this movie. Like I like the relationship with her dad. I really enjoyed the relationship with her friend Caroline. I thought they were really cute together, the two of them. Um, but you know she she's like. She she's kind of this sort of uh, you know invisible teen who I think she's like a sophomore or something in the movie. Uh, yeah, she she's we you know it's revealed early on that she has a crush on the the school you know stud. Jake Jake right and you know I think Jake he's like Ryan. a senior Jake Ryan with this red Porsche. Um, so, you know, she has a crush on Jake. She, she reveals the crush via a note that gets unfortunately, you know, knocked out. Like he, he sees the note, he's, she's passing the note. Like one of those classic notes where you're like, do you like, who, who do you like? Have you gone all the way? You know, and you were like, check yes, no, maybe. So it's supposed to be kind of anonymous, but since, you know, she just filled out the note and she dropped it and Jake picks it up, you know, he, he knows, all yeah. of the things that he shouldn't know. <laughs> yep. Of a of teenage girl that would just everything is just embarrassing to her. You know, you're just not sure about anything. And everything your parents are embarrassing to you, your body's embarrassing to you. You're just unsure of yourself. And uh but but also the movie starts out. The other thing about the movie is as she's turning sixteen and her household very typical John Hughes, big, big, you know, upper middle class household, like a lot of action, a lot of, a lot of things happening. You know, she's got this douchebag little brother, her big sister who the family seems to be kind of wrapped up in. She's kind of like that sister, the pretty older sister, you know, she's about to get married. So people just forget it's her birthday. That That's kind of like the whole 16 Candles thing, I guess. So throughout throughout the movie, you're just like she's kind of upset that she, nobody makes a big deal out of her sixteenth birthday. So that that's kind of Ringwald's character in a nutshell. What, what when you think of this character, uh, Sam uh, Molly Ringwald? What what do you think of? Like what what sticks out to you as far as this character <clears throat> goes? Because you've seen this movie a few times, right?
1: Yeah, it it, it was good. It was good to watch it again because it's, it's been a while since I've since I've watched it. It was. It's only. I mean, it's, I've probably watched Breakfast Club and Pretty in Pink more recently than this one, um, but uh, it was good to rewatch it um, just to kind of because yeah, I had all of the all of the different scenes kind of mapped out in my head. But it was mm-hmm. you know to put them back in order and, and have some you know um, some continuity to it was helpful. I, I think I think this is with with this movie um, versus like a, uh, a even even Pretty in Pink or Breakfast Club. Um, I think what what does it is because you have you have Jake's girlfriend um, uh, who's played by Haviland Morris, mm. who's like you know, she's got the, the blonde she's hair. She's the prom she's, queen. Yeah, she's the prom queen. Right. She she's the one like the even today. I mean, there's there's that there's that girl that you know. Everybody's like, oh, I wish I could be like her. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's the popular one. And Molly Molly Ringwald, I think what made her. Um, uh, what made her so iconic in this is she had, she had a quality to where it was like, I mean, cause like Joan, Joan Cusack's character who has the, the big uh, neck the back brace. brace, yeah, you know, the, the, back yeah brace. the neck brace where she, I mean, she's, you know, there, there were clearly, you know, and even Anthony Michael Hall and uh, um, John Cusack, mm-hmm. you know, they were, they were the nerdy guys. They were the freshmen. Yeah. So they were yeah. lowest on the totem pole. So it was like, she wasn't, she wasn't at the top of the list. But she wasn't a freshman. She wasn't at the bottom of it. She was just kind of somewhere lost in the middle. Exactly. And she had she yeah. had her little friend, and I think it was one of those where it was like, in the eighties, there were so many girls that could really relate to that, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: that kind of perspective. And, and even I mean, it, the course of this movie like she just she's lost in the shuffle. It's her sixteenth birthday. Very much so.
0: It's like and, she's you're grateful to be invisible because you're free of ridicule from bullies. Yeah. But at the same time, you you're you're invisible. Again, you, but the the negative part of being invisible is the the click the popular click doesn't know you exist. Yeah, and which is something you obsess with when you're 16.
1: Well, and it's 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 funny when when you go about it because like you have you have this undying affection that's coming from Anthony Michael Hall where it's like he's just laying it on so thick and is like he's just <laughs> this puppy dog that would follow her around. This is to really the ends like the, the
0: defining Michael Anthony Michael Hall. Role. Oh, it totally like a lot is. of his characters to f- like to follow this movie where this is like the prototypical. Cause you know, vacation, he was rusty. Yeah. Uh, the year before this movie came out and he's really a lot different. You know, Very there's different. some Anthony Michael Hall isms there, but the Anthony Michael Hall that became popular throughout the mid to late eighties, it was born in 16 candles.
1: And because he's, he's kind of, he's kind of the flip side of that coin to where it's like you have Jake Ryan, you have, you know, the Mr. Popular, he's got money, he's got good looks, he's got everything. Right. He's got the, you know, he's got the prom queen. Yes. And even in all that, he's, you know, kind of dissatisfied. He's like, "Oh, you know, yeah, he's whatever." He's bored. He's bored with it yeah. cuz and, it, and it's and I I do like that that uh, Sam isn't just like this. You know this conquest. It's like, oh, this would be something different. It's like it seems like there's something. He's intrigued, yeah, because he he's picks very up a intrigued note by it.
0: And he's like, because he has that scene where he's like got his jock buddy and they're doing pull-ups. Yeah. He's like, what do you know about Sam? You know, like he's a very typical dismissive, you know, uh, you know, like okay tits, like that kind of thing. You know, it's yeah. Like,
1: he just let me run down the. Here's the, you know, the the ten second. Right. Know, this is what I know about her.
0: Right. <laughs> but Jake there's a little bit more to like Jake is very much like the, uh, character from, uh, in, I, I could see it in the hair and everything too. Like from, from, uh, stranger things. Yes. The, uh, Steve character. Yep. It's kind of Jake ish, you know, like he's, he has all of the pedigree of the popular. He's got the good looks. Like you said, he's got the wealth. He has the car, the prom queen girlfriend, but there's a little more to him. Yeah. You know? And he has some really, Good scenes with Anthony Michael Hall, the geek, quote unquote geek. That's that's what I like
1: about because because that's the thing about Anthony Michael Hall is he's clearly I mean he's a freshman he's the lowest on the totem he's pole. He's a try he's,
0: hard, ruined through. Uh, at, but he Trying refuses to, to give his up. Other geeky friends. Yeah, and <laughs> and which he's like, by he, the way, it's weird to see John Cusack as a nerdy geek. It, it is it is
1: funny to see because like he really kind of turned in because he's he's always been. He's been, I don't even know what the right word for him, because he's always been a little
0: bit weird. He's like on the fringe cool, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. He's not like straight. He's not like a jock, but he's, he's, he's like like quick witted. Yeah. You know, halfway good looking, like, you know, decent looking, popular with girls, but he's not straight up like, you know, annihilating guys on the football field either.
1: (laughs) and I, I think i think that's what cuz you know you you get you get this you know steve erkelish kind of feel about anthony michael hall at the beginning where he's like, just this annoying little kid who's oh, like yeah. oh my gosh just go but he has these he's moments he's trying
0: so hard that's the annoying that's, thing about him is he's that's just what it really is. trying too hard
1: it's like oh and and you could admire him for his confidence that he keeps <laughs> at it because right. uh, clearly the rest i mean everybody it else does get him that somewhere. level here it does. I mean, like, it earns him a little bit of respect because, I mean, really, the, the way that all of those Hughes movies are set up is there is a hierarchy of uh, of importance. I mean, Jake Ryan, for all intents and purposes, should never even really be aware
0: of uh, of uh, Anthony Michael Hall. He's character. the guy who would do his homework for him, and like, yeah, it's like okay, he you, you know, know, keep your mouth closed, and I won't pound you. You <laughs> like that yeah. kind of situation? It's like I mean, there's
1: it's just, but it's. I think that's one of the things that I, that I always really that, that just transcend that John Hughes genre is he breaks up those stereotypes. There's like, hey, you know what, if you are the, the, the popular, you know, senior, you know, if you are the Jake Ryan, that doesn't mean that if you're unhappy with that, you just got to go with it when there's something else that everybody else can be like, why on earth would you want to hang out with this sophomore, this right. redheaded sophomore chick? Well he thinks like, that he's of-
0: friends with Sam. That's why he's yeah. even talking to him. Like yeah. his confidence and getting at least on the outward appearance that he is friends with Sam, like gets him in the door. And you know yeah. he 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 kinda like really uh takes advantage of the, you know, like the situation. Like he really capitalizes on that moment that he has. Yeah.
1: He and, and that's that's what's, <laughs> that's what's great about it, is like he has all of these little junctures. Where if he was to play the wrong card, it's just game over. He's out. Where it's like, okay, you know, if if he gets it, you know, you know, if his buddies, if he can't, if he can't produce the 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 underwear, and then then it's like, oh, <laughs> you're just you're talking a big game. Yeah, you're just you're a loser like the rest of
0: us. I think it you was know, really like, oh, cute no. that she gave him the underwear too. Like I like that. That, that scene was
1: a lot. that's one of those. It's, it's and those are those iconic cues moments where it's like. But the, l- then the she finds out the at the very battle. end from her
0: friend that, like, he showed everybody. Oh, and then it's, <laughs> she's I mean, horrified. It, it,
1: it I, and I love the way that Hughes uses, like, he uses it here, and he comes back. He's like, he double dips on all those kinds of things. It was like, yes. we're gonna get a gag out of it yes. here, and then we're, I'm gonna get extra mileage out of it later because it's gonna be right. another gag. We're gonna get the comeback gag. And I, I think, I think that was just the thing. Is like, you know, there was so much awkwardness growing up in the '80s. And there's so much pressure to be – I mean, because that was – I mean, like, Molly Ringwald's character, she she didn't – I mean, like, she was too embarrassed, you know, to put any effort into, you know, pursuing Jake Ryan or even – I mean, even saying hi to him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just – and it was just so funny how, like, you've got Jake Ryan who should – you know, he's Jake Ryan. But he's like, yeah, she came up to me and was like, it looked like she didn't want anything to do with me. And it was just like this, you know, this – Two ships passing in the night, where it's like she just she totally bailed because she lost all her confidence. But he read that as she doesn't want anything to do with me, and you just have all these missed opportunities where it's like, okay, none of these fit the narrative. Like he's Jake Ryan, he he should be able to walk right up to her and be like, hey, I'm Jake Ryan. Right. When you hop in the car and we'll you know we'll hit the hit the town and it's like,
0: but he can't because he's like I well because Sam's like like a real human being. Yeah. You know she's like a real person and. I want to I want to talk about Sam's kind of situation at home a little more because there was a lot of comedy to be mined in in that whole scene, yes. that situation. I'd mentioned the uh, little brother already, um, <laughs> who was <laughs> played Mike? by Justin Henry. He he was actually the little kid from Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah, uh, he he was a little kid that you know like the the of the divorced family. I, I I really enjoyed all of the scenes with him. He's just like he was like the you know. The prototypical authentic pre-teen shithead. Oh, brother. he was
1: he was the total little brother. He was every little brother rolled into one.
0: You know, it wasn't like this sanitized family. You know, you had like the 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 like the weirdo grandparents standing there, like they're like staying in Sam's room, and yeah. the grandpa's like in his underwear. You know, and yeah, you got and they're Billy Bird. <laughs> they're they're
1: the real uptight ones. They're kind of <laughs> like you know we're. You know, but he's successful, and yeah, and they're you know very proper. And there's oh, you know, we're and we're your grand, and then the other set of grandparents that are like oh, they're you know he he's the the dad joke, yeah. You know, everything's everything's a, a punchline, and, right. and, and his wife's just just you know loosen when she's got up, man, you she's know, got, <laughs> they don't cook when she's, <laughs> when she's got the cigarette the next morning, and she's trying to open the entomens <laughs> and the other <laughs> yes, grandma's the like
0: Entenmann's. ah. ah the, she doesn't want I to go to the. Love how home of, donuts packaging hasn't changed one oh, bit in not at all forty years in, since the day they opened. <laughs> uh, but but of course you know like when talking about Sam's grandparents from like the father's side, uh, uh, Sam's dad Paul the Paul Dooley character. Uh, yeah. So you have the foreign exchange student, which he's the donger, uh, Long Duck Dong, Long Duck Dong, who gets introduced by, with a gong pretty much at any scene that he shows up in. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's is not really cultural weird. appropriation at all. <laughs> yeah, <played> there's, by... <laughs>
1: there's a, there's so much about this movie that not does not translate to 2020
0: at all. But, but played by uh Getty one, Want- Uh, he's great in the movie. You know, it, it is, it does feel a little out of like, it does feel a bit racist in a way. Not, not quite so much as like Andy, uh, Rooney, and oh, uh, you know, and, like we talked about that problematic yes. character from, uh, yeah, Breakfast at Tiffany's. It's not quite that bad. At least he is an actual Asian. <laughs> he is an actual Asian. But I, I really dig like you know, like he he is meant to. You you are laughing at him for being a fish out of water and being oh so Asian, and he got the gong and everything. But he's he's just really like a funny, balky like character. You he's know? very much so. He, he's yeah. just running through life partying and just having the greatest time. I love the, I love that he meets up with like that one girl that he just kind of hangs out with throughout that. Oh, he just, I mean, just attaches to her. (laughs) Yes. And she's this really, very like you know she's a larger girl like she's she's cute she's pretty but she's larger and he's a very smaller and stature type person. Yeah. she's and,
1: she's tall and she's I mean, she's muscular too. Yeah, like she's got she's very she got some meat on
0: her. And yeah, so you know you have comedy that comes from just the you know the the juxtaposition of their sizes. Uh, but I I I, cry, I was laughing so hard. There's a scene where they're they find like an exercise room. Yes, and they're just like exercising. And, uh, you know, like it's, it's just really funny, like how, the, how the scene plays out. Like it, 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 it's a very timeless comedy. Like it really has, you know, it's, it's something that was probably very state of the art, very new at the time, but it still, it feels fresh now. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you, you just can't judge like the, this comedy from like a, you know, a 2020 standards. Like it's, it's, it's offensive, but it's not too offensive by, you know, compared to some other things.
1: Well, and you know, there's parts of where it's like, <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm not an Asian person. So it's when I was right. like, I can't, I can't put myself in the shoes and be like, oh, you know, you know, it's, so it's when I was like, I wouldn't say like, oh, I, you know, people are too uptight about it. It's like, it could be very offensive. But I think, I think what I, when I hearken back to some of these things, it's when I was like, it's, it's, it's. You know, clear that we've kind of learned, like, okay, this is there's ways that we can be funny and still be respectful to groups of people. But I, I like, I think there's parts of it where it's like, what I like about it is it feels like in 1984, nobody took themselves that seriously. That you know, you you, people would look at Long Duck Dong and be like, oh yeah, it's like you know, people would identify like I look like Long Duck Dong and like I could be the (laughs) Donger. It's when I was like, it's it was more like it was. It was playful, funny. It's like I'm not going to defend like the little it brother. He had like a
0: sign of like I'm sharing a room with a guy whose name is a ducks dork. <laughs> like a like yes. dumb line. <laughs> it uh, it made like, me laugh. But some, I mean, 80s. he was
1: he was such he was. I mean, there was even though his part was minimal, he's so memorable from the movie. Yeah. I mean, oh and, and the, yeah. his line at the, at the end, of, <laughs> no more Yankee, my wanky. It Was like <laughs> it's one of those like it just. I mean, like that's. I mean, for a guy that had—I mean, just he was a blip on the radar. Yes. Because I don't know what—I mean, I don't really remember him from anything I, I else.
0: Me neither. Yeah.
1: And so it was like, but it's when I was like—I mean, decades later, it's like if you were, if you were to say Long Duck Dong, people would know who you're talking about, and they mm-hmm. would laugh because it's like oh, he's the donger.
0: Was, he was the donger. Yeah. Uh, other people in the house, like you know, there there was the sister uh, Jenny. Uh, she. Our oh, older you know, sister. She, I really, really like the scene at the end where she's getting married to the, you know, the goofball. uh, The bohunk? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And she takes all of the muscle relaxers and she gets, she gets a nice little scene where she's doing the physical comedy, you know, like she's kind of like out of it and her body's not reacting, like not responding to the, because she had the quaaludes basically. Yes. I really like the, the scenes from her. Like she, she doesn't get to do a whole lot and she's kind of unimportant throughout the movie. Other than the fact that, you know, she, the family is, is, is doting over her because she's the oldest daughter. She's the, Pretty one, you know, she's getting married. So like everybody's so wrapped up in her life, they forget that you know their second daughter is has their sixteenth birthday. Yeah, but I, I did like that scene with the muscle relaxes. I thought that was pretty funny.
1: Well, and I'm not sure if you if you realized or not, but the bohunk hunk was uh, what's it is it Carl, the janitor from Breakfast Club?
0: Oh yeah, he's same, same that's, guy. That's really funny. Like I I can see that now. Yeah. And he's
1: also he. I forget who he plays in Pretty and Pink, but he's in that as well. So he's uh, in all three of those movies.
0: One of the other things I really really liked about the movie too is like a lot of these eighties flicks had like these scenes like dance type scenes. Yes, where it's just meant to convey the awkwardness of being a team. and yes, you know, you, you're you're supposed to as a as a as a boy you you have to initiate like the dance. You have to walk over and you know like but but inevitably what happens is you have all the. Kids who are in the know and are familiar with one another and they're popular. They all kind of, they all just sort of instantly team up on the dance floor and they're they're having a good time. But you have like the rejects are kind of like left on the sides, and uh, I felt like that, that there, there was that awkward lineup that felt very authentic and genuine. With oh the yes. Nerds. Oh uh, yes. I I I really felt that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I could kind of relate to that scene, but it, I, it brought I back love- bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> like dancing from that period of time,
1: <laughs> when Anthony Michael Hall kept getting after John Cusack and the other guys, like get those things off your heads. <laughs> yes, it's like you're embarrassing
0: me. Yes. <laughs> In that. what universe would like Anthony Michael Hall like be embarrassed by John Cusack? It's just so yeah. Funny. It's like because he just and, really kind of defined like that that older brother. Like I, I just always picture him as like the older brother from from Stand By Me. You know, he's just a yeah. cool kid. You know, he's he's yeah. the winner. <laughs> But I, I did like that Joan Cusack was in. Like, of course Joan Cusack's gonna show up in this thing. Oh yeah. But uh <clears throat> you know, like there's there's some really rich characters, some really good writing. Uh it, it's it's a fun time. It really isn't it it's it's a it's a movie for a John Hughes fan, if you're like me and you just sort of skipped this thing because you just assumed it wasn't for you. Um that was a that was a big mistake on my part. There there's a lot for the, there's a lot going on in this movie. And, there uh, yeah,
1: there's and I, I love um it's after after everything's happened at the dance and the, the evening has come to a close and um uh Sam is she's um sleeping on the couch down in the living room and her dad comes down and has yeah. that Little has that scene where he's like he's like, Hey, I'm sorry, we totally we totally botched it. We forgot your birthday. Mm-hmm. And they just have that little heart to heart and yeah, she man. talks to him about Jake and, and this and that and how, and he's, he's such a dad, you know, such he kind of dad. just, he fumbles his way through it, but it's really endearing. I love and it. And it's a, it really it's is just, good. it's such a great scene. And then when you get that at the end, after, after the wedding and Jake's out there and she's, you know, she goes with Jake and she's mm-hmm. like, to, I was like,
0: this is the guy. That's he's the like, guy. Yeah. yeah. To her dad. Like, good <laughs> you know, and he, he's, it's a total daddy daughter kind of yes. movie really
1: and because you, you you have you i mean you have that stereotype of like the dad that's going to be overprotective of his daughter. that's right yeah It's was like ah oh. like no no i need to he's like ah oh, let me let me have a crack at this guy and it's just the he well he's dealing he knows, with like
0: the reality of like the book or whatever <laughs> yes
1: and it's, it's when i was like okay i think it's in that moment this that is you just an kind of, scenario. you, just, to you this. just kind of feel like there's almost like this silent recognition that Paul Dooley as the dad recognizes that Sam really is probably my best kid. Like she's the like my oldest yes. daughter just married this yeah. dumbass
0: yes. and
1: this whole fiasco. Which I mean, you know, you have that whole out to dinner scene with her parents and you're like, Okay, these guys are clearly involved in organized crime. Right. And this is just all horrible. Yeah. Horrible. This there's never should there's No have doubt happened.
0: about it. You're in the
1: organized crime. And and so it's just like this is such a sham of all I mean, like it's gonna last six months, maybe. Exactly. And and then, you know, he's like he, my my son is just a shit. He's just an absolute <laughs> shit of a human
0: being. He has the shit-eating grin on his face oh. like throughout the entire movie. And <laughs> it's like, I mean,
1: and I can't he believe just,
0: this shit's happening to me.
1: <laughs> and he, he, like, he's just, he kind of acknowledges it. Like, when, when you have that scene where uh, the kid's waiting outside, Mike, I think is his name, he's waiting outside of the bathroom and dad just goes in and is like, oh, you're not going to want to go in there. Grandpa, what's his face, was in there for 30 minutes and he goes in and he was like, and he comes right back out It's like, told you. You're <laughs> just like, okay, you're a precocious little shit, but you're still a shit. Right. <laughs> and so I think there's just this, this acknowledgement that Paul Dooley as, as the dad is like, you know, my one really good kid that I just can trust is Sam. And yeah. so I was like, yeah, you know what? You go, you know, you go have your moment with Jake Ryan because you know what? You earned it, kid. Right. And I just, I love that I that's kind of like you. the closing. I trust you yeah. to
0: know. Like, I don't need to give you the dad talk. I'm I'll, I'm here if you need a pick me up, but at the same yeah. time like I know like I trust you but it, it is such a thing too like she is like that middle child like it yeah. just kind of continues the whole theme of just feeling invisible you know yeah. like you got the older sister you got the younger brother uh, in this family uh, she you just everyone just trusts that she's going to be okay and that yeah, it's the frustration of being that middle child. Like I have, I have to make sure. Like I have to make sure I'm okay because no one else is going to make sure. Yeah, because okay. like everybody
1: else is on autopilot, so right. I got to make sure that you know that I got all my stuff
0: taken care of. Because I'm going to raise myself. Because yeah, I have. I clearly have a good situation with my parents in a in a in a nice house. You know, like I'll I'll take care of the the the, de- the finer details.
1: <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'll do well in school, I'll make good good decisions, yeah. I'll, Don't make, really I'll have worry good
0: friends, me. good solid friends, yeah. So it was like, and
1: th- I think that's when I was like, I think that because that was an underrepresented, um, you know, uh, template for you know, uh, but there were so many young people, and I, I, think, I think primarily girls, obviously, but I think you know, before, but tried, not after this movie, like, yeah, that,
0: you know, it was like.
1: Oh, and with Anthony Michael Hall, I think that was what made them work. And it was nice that they didn't force the two of them together. Exactly. That it was like, okay, you know what? We're gonna we're more like we're you know buddies. we're more like the, we're buddies. We're like yeah. you know two sides of the same coin. Yeah, that I'm whole the girl. Scene in you're the car, the Like in the yeah.
0: in the uh, in, in school in the dance. Things yeah, went horribly for both of them, and he you know like. It, that was where it ended his pursuit of her kind of ended like he he would have been willing to jump on it if like she had opened like given the opportunity but yeah he kind of kept his distance from that point forward and I, I really dug it was really cute the scene where you know he he's having his talk with Jake and he's giving him the the insider info and he's like if you hurt her I'll kill you. And it's just so (laughs) ridiculous because he's just a little eighty pound sack of shit. Yeah, little weasel, like that. He could never be a threat to a Jake Ryan ever, but he means it. And like Jake just kind of gives him like that acknowledgement, you know, like I believe you. I believe you. Well, I mean, (laughs) because
1: he's like the little matchmaker. He's the one that he's like he he tells Sam was like, no, you should totally go for it. Right. Like no, you should you should absolutely you know. Talk, go talk to this guy.
0: Now that being said, and it was really weird that like uh, Jake just sort of gives his girlfriend, who I don't know how long they were together, but you gotta assume they, you know, if if you're a senior, you've been in school with somebody for presumably maybe fourteen years, thirteen years, uh, and you have a relationship, you've been through things together. He just sort of hands over a drunken she, yeah you know she's completely vulnerable in her drunken state to this like hornball dweeby freshman who could do anything to her i that that felt a little bit you know like whoa in 2020 this is not cool but in 1980 this is kind of a hilarious scenario
1: yeah in uh, in 1984 this is why <laughs> we needed they they needed me too back in 1984 yes. it's like oh Yeah, this is.
0: It's like the Revenge of the Nerds, where like you know, Lewis fucks the you know Jenny or not not Jenny, whatever name, like as like he basically rapes her and she falls in love with his dick and like learns that like nerds are okay too. It's like oh. Well, even though you've
1: just you've just tricked me into having sex with you, right. we could probably start a, a, a long running relationship probably, off of this. Yeah, that, that seems was, like a good idea.
0: That seems like a good foundation to build our lives on. It kind of had a feeling not not quite as sleazy as that, but it, it felt weird. It's but, up there.
1: It's up there. Yeah, and you know, and, and it was
0: because
1: I mean, he turns him he turns him loose. You know, with his dad's Rolls Royce, mm-hmm. they're both. I mean, she's out cold. Oh my gosh! And she, he, she's I mean,
0: totally vulnerable. Like, but but at the same time, like you kind of get the feeling like she she actually was in on it. Like there there was a scene I can't remember exactly what it was, but almost like she knew what she was doing. You know, like.
1: Well, and she goes and she gets her hair caught in the in the door because she's like <laughs> pining after Mike right. or pining after Jake, and Jake, she's like, yeah. You know, like oh hey and yeah. you know then Jamie Gertz and the other girl that come and they cut her ah, hair Jamie Gertz and hey, that, <laughs> and I think this is one of the I mean this is one of the earliest times I remember seeing Jamie Gertz and anything and,
0: the, the, and speaking of that yeah say anything like they he she and John Cusack and Joan Cusack yep. were all in say anything yep so it's just like where they all met man That's where it all got started just a, it's it's a fun it's a it's a cute enjoyable movie and uh, I'm I'm gonna I'll watch it again. This is definitely yeah, a flick that if I were to see like for sale on Blu-ray, I'd pick it up and watch it again. It's, it was a fun. It's movie. totally worthwhile. It's it,
1: it's a great it's a great John Hughes one. It's I I still think you know in this era that uh, Bre- uh, Breakfast Club is still my top. Oh, but this oh, one is definitely yeah yeah, yeah. Breakfast. This Club one's definitely is definitely so
0: timeless. Yeah, the ruckus. <laughs> Could you describe
1: the ruckus for us, sir?
0: I'll always love the Breakfast Club more, but I I I at least. I'm not I'm not going to say my opinion on Molly Ringwald's change necessarily, but this movie is not why th- this movie is not to blame for the reasons that I don't I dislike Molly Ringwald. She's actually charming in this. Yeah, <clears throat> I could I can live with Molly Ringwald in this flick. Um, and, um, you know, it, it it's good. It's. It's not a bad little movie. And then of course, he, you got the end scene where like they have the birthday cake that's yes. been parodied by a lot of things. Like I was, you know, I'm watching Community on Netflix right now, and there's even a there's even like a little parody scene with. Uh, I think I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I forget the two characters. It's, it's it's uh it's the Joel McHale and another character. Like they have like the 16 candles moment. So you know, like that that's been parodied, parodied, numerous times, countless times. Now I finally have seen it in context of when it was originally made, so that's kind of cool.
1: And I believe, if memory serves correct, I think because they kept trying to shoot that scene with an actual cake, and it kept falling apart because they would light the candles and everything would heat up and the cake would just slump over. <laughs> really? I think it's actually it's funny because it's a fake cake. It's like it's made out of cardboard. They still have actual candles in it, but that was what I really was really weird. Like, yeah, we ended up having to use a fake cake. The, and the other, the, the one last thing, uh, it was, it was funny because as, as I was watching it and rereading it, one of the things, cause the, the, I, I don't remember who played, um, uh, Sam's mom, but, uh, she, she went up to John Hughes is like, I don't okay. have that
0: written down anywhere either. Um,
1: yeah. she, she went up to John Hughes and she's like, you have to, you have to let me have this heart to heart moment with my daughter. Cause she's mm-hmm. like you're having me play her mom and we forget her birthday mm. and it can't just be like, Oh, I forgot your birth. I'm your mom. Cause she's like, that makes me such a horrible mom. Yeah. For like not ever acknowledging it. So she's like, if that happened to my actual daughter, oh, yeah. I would, I would die. So that's, she had that one scene where she just starts breaking down and Molly Ring was like, no, it's okay, mom. Don't worry about it. And her mom just sitting there balls. Like, I can't believe if we forgot your birthday. And had yeah. this, this, it, that it's was a good addition if they weren't yeah. going
0: to do it, it's a good addition. Yeah. For her. Cause it humanizes her a little bit. Like yes. you would, you would hate cause you know, you do get that one scene early on where, you know, she's just so wrapped up in the moment and going on, and like clearly, Sam is upset. She's trying to, uh, without so many words, saying like, "Hey, it's my birthday. Don't you have something you want to say to me?" <laughs> and I she's, just, my b- she's just so, uh, uh, she's just so forgotten it. Like you know, she's like, like, "I really can't believe this. Yeah, I can't believe everybody forgot my birthday. This is ridiculous." Right. right. But that's not the whole point of the movie. That just kind of starts things out. It's it's, just an, it's a vehicle to get things the exactly the conversation moving. Exactly. So a lot, a lot of a lot of interesting John Hughes characters. If you're a John Hughes fan, definitely check out Sixteen Candles. I highly recommend yes. it. As of you know, many other John Hughes fans have been recommending this movie for going on forty years. I finally got around to seeing it and enjoying it, and I'm kind of mad at myself for waiting so long to to do so. But that's what well, this segment's can, all about, and that's why I love doing this.
1: And I can say too, as somebody who has seen it before, but it, it has been a little while since I have seen it. It was it was nice to go back and rewatch it and enjoy it again. So yeah. it's when I was like, if it's been a minute since you've seen it, pop you know, pop it on, and you won't regret it. You'll enjoy yourself.
0: By the way, uh, if you again, it's it's something that you can watch streaming on um, Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime Stars, uh, right now. So if you if you wanted to watch both of the movies that we talked about for this episode, you can on Amazon Stars Stars Stars, and it's it's cheap. It's just a few bucks. Just or you didn't even come there. over to my house. It's a good it service too. to have if you're like really into like older movies. Like you're not gonna get, you don't you don't get the Amazon Prime stars for the latest releases. Like if you just want to watch a lot of older, famous like movies, classic movies from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, you should you should check it out. Okay, well that brings this episode to a screeching haul. <laughs> this is a fun one though. This it was. It was, a fun one. It's, and it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming. Uh, I was actually kind of afraid that I would forget. Thank God I, I, I jotted down notes uh, for for both movies. Otherwise, I'd be in big, big trouble. I'd have to rewatch it again, uh, w- which I did with Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like that—that that was another one that kind of I yeah, I remember. And, that. I remember you'd watch yeah, and it I, twice. I ended up watching it a couple of different times, and but I was I didn't regret it because like I liked that movie too. It's a fun movie. Did. Speaking of Breakfast at Tiffany's, did when we were talking about that, I don't remember the episode now because it's been a little while. Did did you point out the fact that the actor who played was it Lemon, uh, the the guy who was in Sing Sing? Uh, I forget the character's name. Oh, um, it, well, it I doesn't matter about. the character's name. Yeah. But that actor was who who voiced Fred Flintstone from the Flintstones. Did you did you point that out? I don't think I did. I don't think I knew that. It, it is. It's him. Um, well, there the, we go. The only reason I know that is because we were uh, in the, one of the recent episodes that's yet to be aired. That you know, you, well, I don't. Know, when you listen to this, it could have been aired depending on when you hear it. But uh, we, were, I was doing an episode of the Big Geek Podcast, and we were talking about um, uh, we were we were talking about something. Oh, Pac Man, the Hanna Barbera Pac Man cartoon, and i had i had made the claim lot. You know, sometimes like 50-50. Sometimes I'll have these like little incredible factoids and they're actually true because like it's you know like you you read things but if you read so many like little factoids you get your your wires crossed and sometimes it's true sometimes it's not and I, I made the claim that the voice actor who did the voice of Pac-Man from the Pac-Man cartoon was the same actor who voiced Fred Flintstone. And I was actually wrong in this case. So I, I was I was IMD, I was using IMDb to look up that actor, and I was like, oh shit, he was actually the uh, he was in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. And you know, like I went back and I, I, I did a YouTube search and I watched a scene, and you totally can hear Fred Flintstone in his voice when, when they're having the scene together. I might have to go back and rewatch. You're that gonna now. totally have to go back and just picture "Yabba Dabba Do" when you watch it. <laughs> so it's a really good movie, and that's why I love doing this podcast. Yeah, it's it's fun because you know, like we're such big movie nuts, and doing segments like what you haven't seen that just gives us an opportunity, an excuse, really, to not watch the latest releases and not watch, you know, The Office like for the fifth time.
1: <laughs> yeah, every, everybody right now is binging The Office. It's all. Uh,
0: I just, I just completed it. I I finished binge watching all of the office like a week or two ago. And now I'm on community, which by the way, community, great show. I I always suspected it would be, it's created by Dan Harmon, who of course was Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty. And, uh, it's, it's such a good show and it's, you know, it's like 10, 11 years old now. And I'm just kind of mad at myself for not being on that bandwagon from the beginning because it's a really good show. The Russo brothers were involved in that show too. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. And there's some big, big stars. It's kind of like when I went back to watch um, Parks and Rec because you had all those stars that come out of Parks and Rec. Community has Alison Brie, Donald Glover. uh, You know, of course, Joel McHale and Chevy Chase were known commodities at the time. Uh, But but Donald Glover, it's cool to see, you know, Donald Glover and uh, Alison Brie in their earliest roles.
1: And Ken Jong.
0: Ken Jong, yeah, yeah. I wonder if Ken like, because Ken Jong, well, I know King Jong from the Hangover movie. Leslie like, Chow. Like, Leslie Chow. That's, that's. But did I you die? Like, <laughs> I love Leslie Chow. So, like, I, but, and I think maybe community was around the same time. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe people who watched the Hangover were like, oh, it's, it's Senior. I forget whatever, what, I forget the character's name. <laughs> but, senior Chang, I think is his name. And yes, it's like, Oh my God, it's senior Chang. Or if people who saw the hangover were like, Oh shit, it's Leslie Chow. <laughs> it's Leslie Chow. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But it's,
1: it's funny too. Cause when you, when you go through, I think especially, um, I, I'm trying to remember if, if there was any in, uh, in winter soldier or civil war, but I know in, uh, infinity war and, um, um, and then in, or yeah, in in Civil War, because at the beginning when Tony's doing his presentation for Barf, um, uh, and he comes off stage, Jim Rash is he's the um, the staff guy who's asking if any of the money that Tony's giving will be available because he's got an idea for a self eating hot dog, and then mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in uh, in Endgame. When, uh, let's see, when Ant-Man comes out of, uh, of the storage unit, Ken Jong is obviously there. I was going to say, He's isn't
0: King Jong in one of the Marvel Ken, movies?
1: Yeah, yeah Ken Jong And then um, when uh, Tony and Steve go back to um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. base in the 70s um, during the time heist, and they're, uh, they're in the elevator with uh, What's-Her-Face, um, the African-American lady uh, mm-hmm. from, uh, from Community the one in their little group, The
0: Mom. Oh, oh, I love her. Yeah, she's really cute. Yeah. She's really good. She, what is her name? God bless. Uh, it's like three names. It's like three yeah. names. I can't think of it right now. Sorry. I liked, I liked, sorry, I liked fans that, of that actress. <laughs> I
1: liked that uh, the Russo brothers, they had such roots in that show that they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to throw some of these guys into the mix. I want to say Danny Pootie had, oh, yeah, Danny Pootie, he was, uh, um, in uh, winter soldier, he was one of the, the shield guys when they really? were trying to launch. The, oh, he's yeah. really
0: good in the show. I like him. They
1: were trying to, when they were launching the, uh, the three different, uh, uh, air, uh, air bases, it's cool to see
0: the- these, these smaller time creators yeah. when they hit it big, they bring along, you know, yeah. the, the, the actors from when they were smaller time. Yeah. Yeah. So which which begs the question: Where the hell's is Joel McHale? <laughs> yeah, what are you is doing? Is he Joel? just so famous that like that he they figure he doesn't need the bone? <laughs> he could probably use he could probably use a couple of bones thrown his way. He probably could. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's he's not above it. Nope. But Alison Brie, God, what a cutie! I love her so much. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I really enjoy her. She's married to Dave Franco too. Like that's just not fair. That, really, the, the two of them. Come on. Just a couple of good-looking kids. Just a couple of good-looking, hilarious kids. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of our show. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, I certainly did. And we, we, I feel like we gave you guys a good bang for your buck. Couple going on a couple of hours. Yeah. Of uh, really. Yeah. You got two flicks, and uh, you know, I think I think we can both agree that they're worthy movies. Worthy of their classic status. Glad we watched them. Check them out. And uh, until next time, I've been one of your hosts. The Rental King on Avis.
1: And I've been your other host, Adam Peterson.
0: Do a Google search for the Platinum Collection of the Very Best of BJ Thomas if you can if you've got your if you've got your computer up I and do yeah just look for this image it's like it's like a it's the platinum collection the very best of bj thomas and he's kind of got like a crushed velvet sort of 60s suit and he's kind of cupping his face with his hand and it's kind of off his head's off to the side just slightly and it's kind of in black and white tell me if you if you can find this yes i see okay. it okay does he not look like uh, brad pitt in in the once upon a time in hollywood
1: yeah he really kind of he looks he, like if you put if you took that and then like if you took a, a uh, one of those uh scientific like the little droppers um that you use in science experiments yeah and you dropped in like three drops of
0: steve martin just yeah like, ding, oh ding, with ding. the hair that's the, the yeah. yes very good call and, and the suit too to be honest
1: yeah It's just Brad Pitt from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood (laughs) with like three little drops of Steve Martin. And that's what this is.